previously on Shop Talk. Oh, hey. Hey, Dave. Oh, hey, Chris. Didn't see you there. What's happening? Nothing. Just just stopping by. Hey, I got this big idea, man. I think me and you should do a podcast together. Are, are you kidding me? Not kidding. Nope. I just bought a domain name for a podcast. Boom. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's shoptalkshow.com. And, and and my idea was we should do a podcast and talk about shop. That's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about shop. Shop is my favorite thing. Well, nice. great. Shop talk is a Thursday that's noon. Shoptalkshow.com. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the booth. Back in the booth, choir. Hey, Chris, we threw everybody for a loop last week with no standard intro. Man, yeah. we just mixed it up. Mixed it up last week. So, As we're recording this, I don't know if we'll have an intro or not this week. No idea. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I don't want to yeah. just, I feel like we, the decision was just, was, was made because you, you did some mouth music intro and it's, yeah, it was good and you didn't do that this time. So maybe we'll add it, but I, I don't hate it as much as I love some banjo music stuff. I like flipping it up in the podcast that I listen to where I hit the podcast button and they're immediately talking. Totally appealing to me. Feels I good. like it. It does yeah. feel good. Like I, I and then and then it doesn't mean that there's no music ever. It's just used more sporadically um, as breaker uppers in the yeah. I I I like um I could do either way, but yeah yeah I mess with the format a bit. I also like previously on Shop Talk. Dave talked about adding animations to his site, view transitions, and guess what? I did do that, Chris. Yeah, was it just last week we talked about that? I think it was. Yeah, they've been on my mind heavily. Just I, I don't know. It just seems like we should know when that was dropping. And I played with the the because you know, there's two things, people, podcast listeners. View transitions means one a JavaScript API that has one method. One, it's called start view transition. I think off the document. And you call it, and in the inside of it, you change the DOM, and then it's smart enough to, when it can, kind of tween the changes between what happened before that function was called and now that the function is done. And it's great, but it's only great for, you know, things that happen on a single page. I'd say SPAs, but it's not really just for SPAs. It could be for just like a slideshow of or something on a page, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, like big big replacements or I mean something ideally you have a router right in the mix that's kind of doing it. But a classic yeah. is like a hamburger yeah. that opens up into a drawer or something. That's neat. Why don't you let view transitions do that because that means that you have to, you, you you the code that you have to write is very minimal yeah i think it's really neat for that kind of thing that's one one put a one with a circle around it i do want to call out like nuxt has an experimental version it might even be in main now but where their whole view has this transition component that has like before enter leave and all this stuff yeah Um, they've they have an experimental one that is this native page transition so taking view uh, views little thing out of the mix nuxt does in 3.4 i think 3.3 so anyway Mm -hmm. that's so like it's catching on is what i want to say like people now that this api is out like people are oh we can kind of like build with it because that is turned on in chrome main that 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 one the one with the circle around the one the start view transition api that is in stable Chrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild, right? And, and by all accounts, yeah. was took the correct path through standards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, 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 some, there's some gap in my mind about how that's supposed to work. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, it was still totally invented by Chrome, documented by Chrome, blogged by Chrome, has web standards championships from Chrome and then was shipped by Chrome only and nobody else Mm -hmm. has done anything whatsoever. 
wasn't there a time when that was like I'm not, I'm a, such a huge fan of this so I'm trying to be critical just for fairness a bit wasn't there a time when that was not cool? Like that you couldn't, you weren't supposed to totally ship it unless there was some kind of signal or something from other browsers? Maybe not even signal, but they at least attempted an implementation or something. Yeah, well, and I think even Jake Archibald versions of page transitions, like the the first one from like 2013 or something like that, that didn't fly. That didn't happen Right. And so it is curious why um, this one made it um, through. But I I guess maybe it was, maybe there was some signal or some like informal, like, well, that's more possible than it's ever been before, you know, because, you know, previously it was all based on meta tags and, you know, and, and I think like, you know, adding, it's that classic thing where like adding a JavaScript method isn't that in isn't that big of an issue adding them then you kind of gateway people adding a css property less of an issue adding a you know a meta tag less of an issue um so anyway hopefully hopefully yeah yeah so, so the, the, uh, but i stopped at one with a circle around it let's do two with the circle around it there's a second kind of view transitions these are the ones that you've implemented there, this requires no JavaScript, none. None, zero. In fact, you can't. There isn't even a relevant JavaScript API for I it. I wouldn't know how to do it, yeah. Right. <laughs> so you put a meta tag on your thing. Again, I mentioned this last week. I don't totally understand the meta tag, but okay, let's call it a prerequisite. Then yep. once it's on there, I, you know why? I, I, now that I think about it a little more, sorry for the backtracking, but because if you just put the meta tag on the page, you do get some behavior. And that's if you click a link to your own website, it cross fades one web page to the other page. Yeah, which that is was a surprising cool. thing. You know, we were kind of hashing it out in chat after that episode. <laughs> it was like, add this tag. And then I added it and it's like, whoa, my site is now a PowerPoint, like instantly. Right. You get the, isn't there a little drop down of slide to slide transitions and one of them is crossfade? It's like, really, you got a PowerPoint or a keynote or whatever. I have a keynote just with one meta tag across my site, you know? So you need it on the before page and the after page. I think you said in the podcast, like, it's kind of fine. Like, there is a, or maybe we're even more positive than that, that crossfades are kind of good ish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't, um, you know, it, it accessibility wise, it's like one of the things you can do. Like it doesn't make people barf. It does, you know, there's a little bit of like object permanence, like, okay, it changed from the before to the now, you know? So, okay. So you put the meta tag, you get the crossfades. Got it now, but more compelling to me, maybe not to everybody, but I think this is amazing. And you have to you have to know this is where the one and two kind of overlap a little bit is that you put a view transition name via CSS onto whatever anything any DOM node and then and there can only be one of them with that name that's crucial and then when you click a link and it's going to the next page I think it does a little like HTML pass real quick mm-hmm. and it checks. If there's any, and CSS, I guess, if there's anything on the new page that also has view transition name on it that has the same exact name, and there can only be one of them on that page, too. If that unique situation happens, it will tween the the, the elements together, meaning its position and size and everything on the page. And there's a little secret cross-fading stuff that happens in there, too. For example, Dave, on your site, hard, sorry to ruin it. I mean, Ugh, this is your no, work. But this you have great. like a list of blog posts yep, on your classic. homepage. Each list. one of them, I think you're probably on the wrapper of, of the title and the, the, the little LI, subhead yeah, and stuff. Has a, uh, has a view transition name on it. And then that, you have some kind of header of your blog post that has some of that same stuff in it. You put the view transition name on that too. Let's say you're halfway down the page of your homepage and you click a blog post thing. It'll like slide up. That's what I mean by tween like animation tween, it'll move itself up to the top of the page because that's where it is when you've clicked the link and moved to the next page. It's an amazing thing to behold. But like, let's say it's font weight 200 on the home page and font weight 800 on the other page. 
it's not like actually tweening the thickness of the letters on the way. The magical crossfadey look to it kind of makes it look like it is, though. Yeah, the the way it works, in my understanding, is it creates a raster, almost like a yeah, snapshot. It's a freaking JPEG image. or whatever. It, it creates like a transparent PNG something. Yeah, right. But it's and and it can say and then it says like, cool. What are the dimensions of that on the next page? Cool. I'm just gonna like morph the height and width. I'm just gonna resize transform, and then I'm gonna translate it to the position it needs to be in, and then I'm going to crossfade it with the actual thing. Like so, it has the before and after states there, and then it'll like just crossfade between as it's going. Yeah, incredible. It, it's basic but convincing is what I'd say. Like, like right. so the effect on my side is it's this like floaty uppy, like that thing you just clicked now becomes the page title. It, is it perfect? No, 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 no. But is it pretty damn convincing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. And so very I'm, convincing. Like, so I, I'm into it and it was very cheap. And then Adam Argyle suggested I put one on my nav too, because that was just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, everything else gets crossfaded. That's so it's so sort one of, way you can think of this is paint holding. That's I think that's how Adam brought it up to you, and it makes sense. Is that you say like you're like, oh, make sure you chuck a view transition name on this other element too. That way when you click, it like it paint holds between the two rather than being crossfaded or something. And it feels right, good. Right. So it's not like my nav doesn't like disappear and then reappear. But what happens actually is my nav, like if you were scrolled down the page and clicked, my nav like drops in from the top, the title floats up and then the post fades in. It's, it's cool. Something to <laughs> behold. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in I have added, Two CSS properties. Yeah, you wrote you no know? animation code whatsoever to make this happen, right? Nothing. No animation nothing. It code. Just, it just works, which is important because the defaults then have to be really good, and they are, thankfully, and will probably get better. I I heard lots of feedback on this from from looking at replies to on the various social networks these days of people being like, "But wait, where's the where's the code that does this the movies?" And you're like, "There isn't any." It just does that. Now, crucially, you can control it if you want to. There are, you know, colon, colon, view, transition, blah, blah, blah. There's stuff that says, don't do your default animation. Do this animation instead, which to me is amazing. Let's say you don't, Dave, while it was sliding up to the top of the page, you wanted it to do a dang 360 turn Mm -hmm. on the way up there. Just write that then as the animation, and it will do that. That's amazing. You can. Yeah, there's like um, so you control the it's it's weird uh and, and very fairly undocumented, but yeah, you control you control the out like it's called view transition. Isn't it old and new? Old I think and view transition new. So the old thing going out and the new thing coming, which in. which is funny because the v, the early spec of it was outgoing and incoming, which I think is more clear actually, but. More uh, clear and also like email, and that would make sense to me. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so it's it's so you you can you have the opportunity to style that, and so like one thing you may want to do is fade out the old stuff faster and fade the new stuff in a bit more dramatic, or or vice versa. Right, like, right, right, right. You know, like there's kind of like it's really as far as you want to take that. You know, you could have like you know <laughs> you could literally go full stupid and like put the entire uh whatever star wars in a script in a content after and then like scroll it if you wanted you know like you could do a full like uh stupid transition if you wanted so absolutely um, absolutely but the defaults are good too so what i think about partially is like just just open your phone for a moment you're looking at uh, on my iphone I'm looking at a grid of icons with some widgets and stuff. Any one of them I click, and I'm sure you can turn this off, but by default, it like zooms out just whoosh from where I, my finger is. Whoop, there's the app. I'm going to open Overcast, the podcast app, because we can agree on that. That's cool. It's going to, it immediately went to the last page that it was on for me, but let's, whatever I do in Overcast, anything that I click, there's a whoosh. If I go 
back to a page that's hierarchically higher. The way that this app is set up is that the entire page slides to the left and shows me the thing on the right. If I click a button, it slides back to the right and shows me things there. I click an individual podcast, a little thing slides down to show me tools for it. If I click a menu, it whooshes out the menu to show me that like everything moves in native apps everything. It's just, it's what gives a native app a kind of movement. It makes it feel like a native app. Yeah, even the weather app, which is got to be the dumbest thing. You click on the little Doppler, whoop, you're full screen now. You know, like it's... Everything moves on mobile apps and it's just become a, a feel to it. And I think that's what people key into when they're like, well, what's the difference between a web app and a mobile app? Is your like... Motion. <laughs> somehow mobile apps got away with just bucket loads of motion bucket yeah, loads well, uh, but i i think it's it adds this we, we've been calling it at paravel or sorry luro <laughs> paravel, what's paravel um luro uh, we, we've been calling it like makes it feel expensive you know like mm. and, and for some reason you know people like expensive things you know so like you fix the spacing you fix the you know the right animations the zips and the it makes it feel expensive, and and that's that's something, especially for a, for an app or an agency or whatever. That's an that's an important thing. All right, so so in the past, this path was only open to you if you built a single page app, which yeah, you, you know that you were altering the URL yourself. You had a client side router. You did it was that was the absolute only only way to do it. And this has just upended all of that. And now you can, it's a multi-page app situation. I do not like saying multi-page app, just a regular website that where you click links and then the browser reloads. And, and there's just a lot to love about that as a concept that you can now design what it's like to transition from one page to another is just massive for the web. And oh, it can it, bring that, but you know, whether you like it or not, bucket loads of animation brings that expensive thing that Dave just said to the web. And you can still respect people's preferences. You can add a couple of lines of CSS that say, pref if prefers reduced motion, then, you know, colon, colon, website view transition duration zero seconds or whatever the, that happens to yeah. be. You can still respect that. Uh, in the way that I, sh I assume there's some kind of reduced motion yeah, thing on phones. Yeah, your transition, none. So, yeah, I added it to my site just to um, yeah, make absolutely. sure it worked. Uh, and I tested it in the browser and stuff like that. So, I it's the the that CSS, like the fact that you can, because if I code a big JavaScript thing, <laughs> like I guess I could do the prefers media query in before I do the JavaScript stuff. But like, yeah, you can. Am I? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. But anyway, uh, so A, it's more responsible. Uh, but but man, the progressive enhancement story here is so awesome because how does it work in other browsers? It just loads like a normal ass web page. And that's beautiful. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, how does it load? Like literally no browsers have this turned on by default right now. So it just loads. It works like normal. Yeah. But, this, yeah, but you turn it on, and now you have um, a very cool experience. I think we're going to start seeing. A, I think, you know, I hate to be so grandiose about everything, but this is a big deal. It's like container queries, big deal. I think, and we're going to see a lot of it, and then we're going to see it find its way. Mm -hmm. Partly is going to be coupling it with media queries, literal old school media queries, like only do this if the page is under 500 pixels wide, for example, because I think the, a, a default of moving the entire page all the way to the left on a 2000 pixel wide screen, it's like too much. That's There's, a vomit comment. Yeah. yeah. yeah but a, if it's a, on a little screen, it feels much more natural and, uh, and yeah, and people are kind of used to it. Like, I think that's a big deal. So Apply yeah. that transition on small screens and not big screens. Sure, you know we have a view where you're like looking at like a document, like a project or or a you know something in Luro, and you click edit, right? And we want to go to this edit screen, and we've like done this whole like magic morphy, you know, like to make it, and then it like just goes down to two frames a second. You know, it's just bad. Like I, I'm very interested in this world where like, Hey, I can just like make that animation happen. Like 
very smoothly uh, mm-hmm. when you click the edit button, you know, like, um, and it's going to look really cool. And I could even get down to like transform, like move this element to this position, you know, like, like this is, you know, uh, so when people are like, Oh, where's my title field? It's like, yeah, it's the, you see it, you saw it move. It's great. Yeah. So. Yep. Also beautifully works with progressive enhancement. It literally doesn't matter if this stuff runs or not. It will doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, some requires a little bit of coding, not so much for the, the multi-page transitions or the I'll just call them page transitions, mm-hmm. but for the start view transition, the stuff that happens on a single page, you have to check, you know, you have to go like, you know, if if document dot start view transition, then call document dot view transition else do whatever you are going to do other otherwise <laughs> but that's easy you know, that's the like the easiest kind of yeah. progressive enhancement kind of uh it, this leads me into talking about something else that we mentioned on kind of our new newsier show before which is the concept of baseline which google dropped mm-hmm. at google mm-hmm. io with a rachel andrew video i think she's been working on it for a long time so congratulations for getting that out this would not be baseline you know this would not meet the baseline yeah. View transitions are not there. And I have yet to find, I spent my morning looking, not my whole morning, but just a little time today because I was like watching the video for it and bouncing around to try to find it. it. It feels like they have a nice component for baselines, but like if you really go looking for them, they're really only in a couple of places. Like there is, it needs a lot more getting these things out there baselines on the mdn yeah and then sometimes yeah. they're even wrong. like i looked up one about uh style queries really interesting new css thing man css is just popping off isn't it but at the top of it was like this is part of the part of the blog post i was reading about style queries is that like, this is a part of the kind of the container query land it's part of the same spec or something so the 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 baseline component at the top of it was for container queries which looks green all the way across which right. is wrong well th- this is uh, yeah the specs are so fun like color level four like relative contrast or whatever is in color level four right so but other people are, people are like oh we support p3 and OKLCH. we have color level four i'm looking at you chrome but mm-hmm. they don't have the relative cover color syntax um but the, they get a green check mark and can I use, even though it's like partial support, you know, and it's like, okay, well, we need, I mean, I don't know. I, you're supporting color level four. I agree. The big part, but like we need the whole picture, you know? So yeah. I hate to, I hate to do this on a podcast where I don't know the answer to it, but how many times have we done that on this show? I keep, I, I'm trying to understand like, if it doesn't have, does the baseline tell you if it's not supported too? The only ones I've seen are like, they're green all the green way across. across the board. So maybe hmm. you don't get a baseline unless you meet the baseline or something. Because it feels like there should be a red bar version of it. That's a that's a warning. That seems even more important than the one that tells you you can well, use it. And I would love this in a portable format too, like a web component or something. Yeah, give me an iframe like, for it or something. Or a, yeah, because I'm if I'm I'm like going to blog about my view transition stuff. I would love a little baseline brick that just said don't use this or it's Canadian. Yeah, it should only be a right web now, component. You know? David should be a web component. Web component. Web component. I bet there kind of is one already. Are web components some business? <laughs> Maybe. Because remember there was, so there was, can I use, right? Great. And then I think it was Ira Atkinson, you know, sorry, brutalized that name, but she made like a can I use widget. But it was kind of before the days of web components or at least really widespread use of wide com- web components. But the idea was, gosh, isn't can I use a great resource? Shouldn't anybody be able to embed a really, you know, lightweight, nice can I use widget on a website? Some reason can I use doesn't offer that. They should because embeds are smart. Yeah. Um, but she made one and it's nice, um, but it's not a web component, I don't think. Anyway, it's probably a little heavy too. This just is begging for a for a like anybody use it web component of course it would have to make a fetch for the data and stuff but 
so, so be it, you know. In theory, that's in a thing. Can I? I'll, I mean, I'll make the web component. I'll make the API. Just Oof. point me in the right direction. Huh? Yeah. Like, what, what but I went out looking for one that says that says the feature is not supported. I didn't really find it yet. So I look forward to kind of seeing examples of that. I feel like the view transitions page should say that. Um, but it is tricky because it's kind of like a, what did Andrew say in Discord the other day? It's like, I want, it's like, I need three answers. Yes, no, or yes with progressive at Hadsfit. And I think oh, he's right. Yeah. That's, that's smart. It's not yes or no. It's yes or no. Or yes with progressive enhancement. And view transitions works in that. So I almost don't want to see a red bar at the top of the view transitions docs, which don't exist, but there's blog posts um, mm -hmm. that has that bar that's like yellow or something. That's like, yeah, it's only in one browser, but it's very yeah. safe yes, to use. No, yes with progressive enhancement. That's all that's what we need, folks. Yeah, you've been on a tear lately about like this stuff is too complicated. We oh, need answers. I am. I. I it, <laughs> my old man is coming out. Man, I, I don't know. I turned forty three. I'm. I'm just on a roller coaster of whatever <laughs> male menopause is. But it's like, it's just we have to get rid of nuance, man. It can't be. Hey, man, do can I whatever write a table? But use display grid on it? No. Like, we, that answer <laughs> needs to be super fun. I'm tired. Like, <laughs> yeah. having to look up every line of code you write is not a sustainable solution. We just can't do this anymore. And, like, I, I just, anyway, the foot guns, everything, like, I, I was looking at here, not to get out too mad. Uh, I was looking at uh, Hede DeVries, DeVries uh, has a post about the new pop up. Uh, attribute, you mm -hmm. know, which is awesome because, mm -hmm. like, you can like say button pop up target my pop up, and then you have pop up or sorry, div uh, pop up equals my pop up or pop up equals auto. Uh, but it has an idea of my pop up. I don't know. See, yeah. I don't know how it works. I've already messed up. Make it easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I'll just write a web component that does it for me, but like, and <laughs> predictably, but like, I, how do we just eliminate nuance? You gotta, we need to think about that. And I know like accessibility too, like I'm a lot of people depend on the nuance. I should say like full disclaimer, it's global accessibility awareness today, the day we're recording this. Mm -hmm. um, but like a, a lot of people depend on the nuance and, and need that to be like, you know, considered, you know, but I, I think a lot of accessibility has too much nuance, you know, it's like, well, if your text is 82 pixels tall, then it can be tr double one single A. And then, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, just fucking eject, please. Like, just say yes or no sometimes, you know, like, like, let's not, we, we have too much, you know, like we're, we're not building road signs that people are looking at like 20 miles away. Maybe we are digital road signs, but like we're building computers a foot in front of somebody's face. So like, let's just have some standards. Like, let's just like eliminate the nuance. Anyway, that's my new thing. Eliminate the nuance. That's nice. Cause I feel like I spent, you know, a good decade telling, telling people to do that you there's so much nuance to all this and you need that like it's just too hard anybody that has a has a strong line answer i would accuse as being dogmatic and that the web's a big place and you know i was trying to add nuance to the web i'm an appreciator okay like and <laughs> in, in nuance i think too you get thought uh diversity which is probably good you know when when you're just like man you know how do i build a website you know and you're just like well you know, is it a website in a space station? You know, it's like, I don't know, man, just a website. <laughs> Tell me about a web, you know. Um, yeah, I know. The, the bigger things like, like, should this website be accessible? That's not a, uh, there's no nuance to that. No yeah. nuance. Just do it. At least get a hundred on Lighthouse. And I know, and then people are like, yo, but you can trick Lighthouse. Yeah, you can commit fraud. 
anyone can commit a fraud, Chris. I can commit bank fraud. It doesn't yeah. make me a billionaire. It just makes me a fraud. So like that, those arguments are so stupid when somebody's like, I made a, I got a hundred on Lighthouse and I made a bad page. It's like, yeah, good job. You fraud. Like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard that one so many times or the, or the, on any web feature, somebody will raise their hand and be like, but that could be abused. And you're like, color can be abused, you know, like anything, you know, like there's for a feature to exist or not. And I'm not talking about the abuse like that API could be used to fingerprint people or something that needs to get thought about. Yeah. But if it's just like you made animation another way to make animations, people will abuse that. Be like every single padding can be abused. You know, (laughs) it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, where the web needs less nuance or something. Now that's that's too nuanced of a title. I like the getting rid of nuance on the web. Ruthlessly eliminate nuance. Oof, yeah, three, three. That's my book apart book. Holy, I maybe got it, baby. There it is. <laughs> no, that is a, that is a, um, a book series that embraces nuance. I'm afraid <laughs> they will not like it. <laughs> <laughs> you need the. Hey, other else. publishers, smashing. Call me, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there's one more. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to smash into this show that we have talked about in the past because apparently we just go on about the same subjects. I'm surprised we haven't brought up color yet, but it feels like we're probably going to have to. You got one, but this one's about pass keys because it's getting more and more popular. The more and more popular because it came from Apple. Apple's rolled it out everywhere. You can you can pass key your life up on Apple if you'd like to, especially on their services, uh, and Google has too. Uh, which is pretty cool for even all the basic stuff you would want in the world. Use Gmail. You can use a pass key instead of a password to log into your Gmail now if you want. That's awesome because pass keys are great. But in the past, we've struggled to explain why they're so great. First, a couple of things you should know. Podcast listeners, this URL is even for you. G.co, like a really short URL, g.co, slash passkeys. That'll just shoot you right to where Google has set up to start using your passkeys if you want. Not an ad for Google, although call us, you know. And then you can add one. You should probably do it from your phone Mm. rather than your browser, Um, just so you have the passkey on your phone, which is slightly more useful, I think. But you can do it from your computer, too. And you you can have as many passkeys as you want, so you could do both. And then you make a passkey, and now you got one for your Google account. Ain't that nice. So next time it comes, and Google will kind of know if you have one or not. So by default, rather than seeing that screen that you've probably seen a million times in your life, that's like a little pop-up that's like, log into your Google account. And it doesn't ask you for your your account and your password, God forbid. It asks for the one first and then the password second. So you Mm -hmm. have to like unlock your one password twice to get in. No, no, no more, people. Your passkey, it will just be like, oh, you have a passkey. Do you want to use it? Yeah. Face ID, done. And you're like, oh. I, I, well, I'm going to hate it at first because I keep my phone in my pocket, but I probably just need to get one of those little MagSafe desk things. <laughs> Absolutely. There's more than, there's more ways than one. And what, what I thought was so confusing about this is like, does passkeys require biometric stuff and i think the core technology of it does not but it kind of does because you need to protect it so we're here's how it works public private key cryptography right but the public one is stored by google so if google's hacked or you or if we implement this at codepen and codepen is which will never be because we're vigilant about everything but you know what i mean if some service that you're using gets hacked and all that service has of yours is your pass key, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's just a public key. Anybody could have it. You could blog it. You could paint it on the roof of your house. It doesn't you matter. send that public key to Everywhere. every website. Everywhere. Already. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just your public key. Who cares? What you have is your private key. And so the technology of pass keys just requires you to send your private key over to match with that public key and lets you in. The trouble is, not the trouble, but like they don't allow you to type in your private key. Right, right, right. Like that's not a, there's no input field for that. It needs to be sent securely over a back channel or whatever to to make that a secure part of the process. And the, the way that that gets unlocked on your device is a biometric thing like your finger or your face or your whatever. Yeah, it's almost like the biometric challenge is 
just to get into your device, your personal device. Right. Like the phone's just like, click yes. If you had it fully unlocked, I guess it would just be like, click yes. But uh, if think, it's unlocked, it's ready to rock. Yeah. And yep. I, I think what's getting me, like my mental hangups, which maybe we need somebody on here to talk about, is I'm Dave Rupert. I've had the experience where I lost my phone, popped out of my bike bag, shattered on the road. Uh, boom, disappeared, you know? Yeah. Well, Off the face of the earth. What do I do? Somebody picked that up. Well, I, I think we just misspoke just there, so we might as well correct ourselves a little bit. Even though your phone is unlocked, so say that criminal not only stole your phone, but got your phone unlocked too. At least the time, the couple of times I've been used Google recently after setting this up, it does biometric before it sends the key. That might be an option. You might be able to turn that off, but it, it's right. biometric each time, which when you're on your phone is like no big deal at all. Like you, mm -hmm. you need to do that all the time. Yeah. Well, and so that makes me comfortable. That's great. And then, but like, I guess, how do I get back into my account? That You know, that, like that's the, like, or like, and if I can just register another phone, right? Oh, sorry. This is Dave's phone too, right? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Now I have Dave's phone one and Dave's phone two on my Google account. Uh, what's preventing fake Dave, bad actor Dave, to just say like, register oh yeah, Dave two, and I got Dave's phone three. So let's just let's just pop that in there. You know? Yeah, like, I don't know. That's that's where my expertise is limited here. I yeah. believe there are answers to all of this. They did not forget to do that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, somehow Dave Rupert has figured out how to subvert right. this entire... But you're uh, not really asking about, like, the deep technology. You're asking about the UX of it. You know, like, how... Am, am I creating any foot guns for myself here? Basically, yeah. yeah. Like, like I, I had, you know, I, I think, like, you know, if I lost my phone and, and, my, and my computer, like, in the same day or something like that, yeah, like... And I lost, I basically Is lost my one harder or easier to you get in? I mean? Yeah. So like, what do I like? Well, that's why you, one password does factor into this. They have for, for one thing, you know, side journey here, they have this, I think it's kind of like an SDK or something. They're calling it passage, which is a way that like, let's say you wanted to add this to Luro day that they give you this like toolkit to integrate pass keys into your app with this thing called passage or passkey flex. I, I should read more about this. But anyway, that's helpful. But you can put your passkeys in one password too, and probably should, because it means that then they're there, not on your phone directly. But I don't think they can be on your phone directly based on inter like if you have an Android phone, they're going to be on your Google Cloud, whatnot. If they're on your iPhone, they're going to be in your iCloud. I think it's possible to use a phone without iCloud, but then I don't know what the, the story is there. The point is, like, if you lose your phone or you drop it to the bottom of a lake and you go to the Apple store and you say, I need a new phone. I lost my, it's at the bottom of a lake. It will never be recovered. What's the way back in? And the way back in, I think, is just to log into your iCloud, however you do that, and all your pass keys are there and rock and roll. You know, you can log in. Okay, yeah, because I guess it's storing my identity. And if there's some way that we could say, look, this particular pathway to logging into a website feels like a little bit less secure to me or something. Like, I don't know, somebody grabbed my phone from the bathroom and they pointed it at my face and unlocked something and logged into my AWS or something. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Are maybe. you talking about your daughter? Because <laughs> <laughs> my daughter yeah. does that. She'll just like She'll point, just it at your face? point the phone at my face and try to buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not quite when I'm on the toilet, but I'm actually not. So uh, like maybe the, the world has decided that that's somehow less secure or something than a password. Okay. But what you buy from using this overall is more security. You know, now all of a sudden, theoretically, there's services that do not even have your password, uh, which is, which is just a, just kind of, nice. I love it. I don't want people's password, Chris. Yeah. Well, you don't have it, right? Cause I you don't have you, it cause it's all in auth zero and I'm kind of hoping they come up with a, a solution here, but, um, we do have passwords, but of course they're, you know, 
They're salted and hashed and cryptoed and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, it doesn't seem to be like a big problem. But, yeah, it'd be cool to not have it. Well, I think we're a long way away from not having it at all. Despite the fact that I've added passkeys to my Google account, I still have a password, too. They didn't even offer me to delete that. You know, I think for now. Yeah, yeah. and that's maybe that's their recovery solution, right? Like, it's... <laughs> Maybe, Which that's, but if but it's the, both, then that doesn't seem to be a big security enhancement. Right, right. If your password's still password one two three, rut row, like right. Like, so um, yeah, and I think of iCloud as a as a dangerous thing too. It's been it's been going around the Apple circles that if you're unlock a phone, like if I grab your phone out of your hand, dude, and do do what your daughter does and point it at your face, and it it manages to unlock it, I can. Without knowing your existing iCloud password, reset your iCloud password to something that only I know, which mm. to me is wild that you can do yeah. that. But, yeah. But was a very intentional decision by them for some reason. Oh, that's how I get my kid off his iPad. I mean, I. And now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I break it and I change that damn pin code. So that's, what, that's how it works. Yeah, so it yeah. works out good for you. It's called security. But yeah. now with the, uh, with the advent of pass keys, that little trick, which is a big deal because it means that you have access to everything, their photos, whatever, email. Now you have all their pass keys too. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that seems pretty big deal. But I guess that's, you know, biometrics comes into to play there, too. Like, you, you can't steal their face, theoretically, unless it's the movie Face Off. Right. Well, yeah, man, there's so much here to unpack, too. Because, I mean, like, like one, one morbid scenario I always come across in, in like, like, is like, what happens if I die suddenly, unexpectedly? You know, mm. uh, that is a thing that humans can do. It uh, is. How's my wife uh, <laughs> pay for the house or what? Like, you know, she mm. doesn't know my weird one password account. I'm sure like she can get on a phone and, and cancel stuff and all that stuff. But like, I, so this idea of pass keys, like, you know, she's got my phone. She knows my pin code. She can get in. She can log into any site, you know, yeah. um, like maybe that's cool. Like she can, as long as she can inherit, like, or get in that way, you know, there's, there's a way around through our family account or something like that. But then like changing that, like flipping that on its head, my wife and I are in a loving, trusting relationship. What if you're not, what if you're in a, uh, you know, a, a not so uh, good one. And so like, you know, and so there's risk and danger and like your partner can just immediately like control your phone. Like that's, that's rough. That's, that's tough, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like the iPad reset is actually comes and comes in helpful there. If you can you can unlock the kin- kingdom of your parents uh, or whatever it is, you know. Like the, I think th- 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 that occurs to me too. In fact, God, we just brought up Ziadi Ford podcast, but they just did one about uh, Paul was kind of uh, unpacking his his recently deceased father's stuff, dealing mm-hmm. with email and all that stuff, and. Uh, yeah. Really, the first thing that you should get access to probably is their phone, because then you can get into their email, and the email is what you need for like everything else. So yeah. if you're like, oh, where's your mortgage? Oh, it's at M and I Bank in Deerfield or whatever. You're like, oh, okay. How am I gonna? How am I possibly gonna log into M and I Bank? I really don't want to drive over there. Even if I do drive over there, they'll probably tell me to call customer support. Ugh. Nope. If you have their email. You have a mechanism for resetting what is sure to be their their M and I bank password. Then you're in. Then you can deal with their mortgage or whatever. No, it's so much to think about. Yeah, my mom was just in town. Uh, yeah, she's not any in danger or anything, but she, you know, she was like, "You're the executor of my state," and I was like, "I'm stressed out, mom. I don't need this." Right now. <laughs> yeah, like you're doing fine. You're good. Don't please don't add that to my life uh, right now, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. My mom did a good job. She, I think she's got that all locked in in a in a folder somewhere. But what's certainly not there are her fifty passwords to the world. You know, so I I feel like when that gets, 
I feel like I have my strategy. My strategy is going to be get into the phone, get into the email, and then I'm good to the it's good to go. If I'm being more proactive, we'll sit down someday and we'll do a shared one password or something. I got them on one password ages ago, but I I have some. I just don't think they really use it correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe it's switched to passkeys. I don't know. If I was starting, I, I think about the I do fantasy startup uh, <laughs> sometimes. But uh, if I was starting a company like today versus like even last year, like when we started Luro, like I would, I would probably go all in on passkeys. To be honest, like it's a web spec, it's well supported. Yeah, most people have a phone that supports it, so. Why not? You know, like why try why it. not simplify your password Ooh, you'd life? Be, you'd be early these days, but I think you could try it. You know, I would also go all in on Stripe. Everybody, everybody, feel feel free to steal that one. Having one payment provider is uh is the way to go there. Yeah, use one service for stuff, man. You'll be able to. Because the trick, everybody, I know you've heard this about startups, but it's to focus on the thing that your startup does. And not the 500 other things that are really easy to get sucked up into dealing with. Because, man, all of a sudden you can just only deal with side stuff and just kind of forget about the core value of your product. Or even if you haven't forgot about it, like your actions are are portraying that you've forgotten about it. Yeah. Well, and there's, uh, yeah, I could go on forever. But, yeah, it's just like I, I would even put like we're, we're putting payment in pretty late in the the product game you know hmm. uh i would probably day one charge like have a paid version and it's and it's a stripe button that you know yep. just like uh i you know we kind of are in the freemium situation right now but like i you know well, then you've thought about it and you coded it crucially into every aspect of the thing so all the logic of if paid if not paid or what plan they're on is there yeah, 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 yeah. Ideally, you've kind of baked it into a permission system too. And I know some some of this stuff starts to cross the line of like premature optimization or or doing a little too much work too soon. You know, for example, if you're like, you know, somebody, I could see somebody else saying, "Oh, you should get make sure you get Kubernetes up before yeah, yeah. you even start," which is like, no, I shouldn't. But uh, in the case of permissions, you might want to consider it because there was an awful lot of like is paid is not paid logic in our app. And I think that's okay. but it's a little better to make an abstraction like, you know, can create collection or something is a function call, which may or may not have to do with their their paid status. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it could be other factors too. It could be like, oh, but have they been invited to the parent thing of this? You know, it gives you this abstraction layer where you write the logic on whether somebody can or cannot perform an action. That's where the payment code really belongs, I think. Just you need, now, you, now you're talking about this really sophisticated action system. Okay, okay. You got to yeah. have those, those enums all set up. Oh, it's man. sophisticated... Oh if you've never thought about it or whatever, like it's, it's not that bad for a while. If you have it, it's fine. But if you're like, Oh man, we need actions. Uh Oh, (laughs) like (laughs) we'll just spend 20 weeks retrofitting that in, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes that's the job. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's the job. And then the next thing would be just like something like if you're starting a company, be prepared to send a absurd amount of email to people, just billions of emails. And if you are uncomfortable with that in any way, get out. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. just be prepared. Like if you're if you like are aren't comfortable sending people twenty billion emails, get out of the, the oh my god, that's the best. That's a, ah, no, that's in a book apart book. <laughs> yeah. Are you scared of contacting people? Your startup's gonna fail. Yeah. <laughs> hey. No, it's, my, like, it's, it's also a metaphor because it's about you gotta hammer the social media, you gotta hammer the in app notifications. Don't be afraid of those either. You know, oh, like man. Yeah, if you think people yeah. understand what your app does and what all the features of it are, and that they can even the fact that they can upgrade to Pro, you're wrong. They don't. No. Tell no, them again. Uh, the analogy I would like to use is 
uh, my dear, lovely wife, every time she goes to Wendy's, it is like she has never been to a Wendy's before. She pulls up to the drive through like, what do they have here? And I'm just like, it's a <laughs> Wendy's. It has a number six spicy chicken combo with yeah. a large fry and a large diet. Right. That's the only thing it has, Jesse. That's it. Yeah. But then, and it's uh, Wendy's, and it's really weird, but they have baked potatoes, too. You should know that. You should know that just in case the chili sounds good, but it will wreck you. So don't just be careful. They have frosties, not milkshakes. Come on. This has been the same since 1987. But no, my wife comes up to the, okay, what do they have? Like, like, like she's going to, what order is the, the right Baconator? etiquette for that too? <laughs> I always feel like, uh, like, like they're always really nice when you say you need a minute. They're like, oh, no problem. You know, j- just say when you just say when you're ready. And then I'm always like, do I just say, do I just go ready? Like, <laughs> like what's the proper. Okay. Thing to say? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen to me now. I always think it's awkward too when you roll up and they're like, "Oh, hey, welcome to Schmickschmonalds. Would you like a you know like to try our new chicken bacon ranch salad deluxe or something?" And then you're like, "That was a question, so I feel like it should be answered." And I say, "No, no," but I don't want to say it too rude because it's like, "I'm sure it's a fine sandwich. I just don't want it." But yet. then somebody at the different voice that follows up. You know, that, oh, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite where you're like, but you just asked me, did you switch? No, it was a recording. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I, uh, no, not to, the, my least favorite thing right now is the mumbly teenager. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like, we, dro- we drove up Panda Express, my daughter's favorite food. Drive up and, uh, uh, this is real old man crap we're going through here. Yeah. But anyway, drive up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, uh orange chicken, please. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Get up to there, the window, and he's like, and I'm like, here, you know, here's my card, you know, thanks. Uh, here's my card. And he goes, Oh, we're credit card machine's down, cash only. I'm like, there's no way you told me cash only <laughs> in that that first mumble. But it's just wow. like trying to be. Did a cool you just dude. have to drive away? You had to drive away, dude. And we're just, you like, just didn't have any cash. Oh, that's incredible. It's like nine o'clock. My like yeah. daughter's yelling for food. It's fine. We're good. But oh anyway. yeah, it's gas it, station sandwiches time, kids. No, I can't hurt my, <laughs> this child abuse. <laughs> But no, uh, no, we, uh, yeah, we figured it out, but it was just like, man, dude, like imagine a world where there's a stereotype about drive throughs <laughs> Chris, <laughs> that they're hard to hear and understand. Why would you put the mumbly kid on the, <laughs> on the drive through mic? You know, like you need somebody just with a tiny bit of enunciation, a very clear present voice. Uh, you can't give it to, to whatever mumbles McCool teen. He's just like, hey, what's up? Hi, what's up? What's up? Welcome, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Good help. Good help. Hard to find. All right. Hey, we should wrap this one up. I think we talked about web development today, so I'm just going to call that a WA. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast your choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. This hope you find out about the show. Follow us on um, TikTok. I don't know. We're out there. <laughs> Mastodon. Um, anyway, follow and uh, join us over in the Discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? No. Shoptalkshow.com.